welcome back, everyone, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsports. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. Happy Friday, everyone. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me for the final time this week, Mr. Matthew Rooney. How was your week? Did you enjoy it? Are you disappointed you're not going to be back on Monday? Do you want to try to like find another vacation for Andy? Should I take a break? I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit bummed when Monday morning I'm not plugging in 17 different cords into my computer and scrambling about to, around 10, 15 to get ready for this show. But no, it, it's been a fun week. Been happy to fill in for Andy. I'm sure everybody's uh, happy to get Andy back from vacation and back on the air. But I, I'm looking forward to uh, you guys taking some more vacations in the future and me being able to give out some some losing baseball bets. <laughs> well, we're going to do a little quick Thursday recap. Matt kind of uh, gave away the ending there. He had a nice yeah. start. The rest wasn't so hot. Um, the football game, well, the net NFL game was super boring. I ended up actually watching the CFL game. I don't know. Did you know that the uh, CFL season opener was last night? I knew Matt? the CFL season opener was on when I saw people tweeting about it. Eventually, I had no idea up until that point. But I, I, I was a little bit more focused on the NFL game. And, hey, we, I gave out some baseball losers, but shout out us. We gave out a first touchdown score, that plus 800. Uh, Kalen Ballage was the first touchdown score, so that, that plus 800 for the field. There you go. We made you some money if you decided to use your, your free win bet, um, risk-free bet on uh, on our pick. It was. That was pretty fun. I didn't really watch much of the game. It looked pretty ugly. And, again, the CFL game was on. CFL is so much fun. If you're watching preseason football, poke around. It was Hamilton. They were playing Winnipeg. They have these giant end zones. They only play with three downs. It's crazy, folks. But I love the CFL. It's a lot of fun. It is, but we don't really know too much about that. What we do know a little bit about, though, is the NFL. We've been talking about futures a little bit this week, and Matt wanted to talk a little bit about the AFC South. Uh, we've got the division odds up here. Dan's going to pull up for us. There was one team that stuck out to you, Matt. We know the Colts are having some issues with Carson Wentz. More importantly, they're having some issues with Quentin Nelson, arguably one of the best um, offensive linemen in the league and really might actually be more important than the Wentz injury. But overall, as you look at this, what are you thinking? Uh, I, the Titans' odds have even shrunk even further. Excuse me, they were minus 134 earlier this week. I know the Colts are probably going to come close to a quarterback trade or, or acquisition, and I think that's one in this division they could probably get over if it was just the loss of Wentz. But Quentin Nelson going down, that, that significantly hampers that offensive line. I know they brought in Eric Fisher as one of their tackles, and that should help them a little bit. But, but Quentin Nelson is the anchor of that offensive line. He's the best offensive lineman in the NFL. That's a tough, tough loss. And even when you come back from that, a foot injury for an offensive lineman sometimes can linger a little bit. So that's when you, you worry about. And I just, the Titans, while they haven't done a ton to address that defense, their offense has just kind of become such a well-oiled machine. And in their case, their best defense is Derrick Henry carrying the ball 25, 35 times a game and, and you know, winning the time of possession, but, you know, controlling the ball for two thirds of the game. And I think they can largely do that in this division. I, if I was going to throw some money somewhere else, I might sprinkle a little bit on the Jaguars. Just maybe they get hot in a, in a division where, you know, you can take advantage of a Titans defense or maybe the Colts aren't all that healthy. But Titans are almost even money to win that AFC South. I just, they've been really good the last couple of years. They've improved the defense a little bit. Um, it's still not great, but they tried a little bit on that end. And I, I'm just, I'm banking on Derrick Henry not slowing down. Yeah, it's one of those divisions where, you know, when you first kind of talked to me about this, I was like, yeah, the Titans. But it is odd that the number kind of keeps moving against them. I guess maybe it there's does worry optimism. Me a little bit. 
about Wentz. I mean, I haven't heard too much about them making a quarterback move. I mean, they've been pretty committed to saying they'll play one of their guys, Jacob Eason or somebody else. I mean, have you heard anything specific about them in terms of making a quarterback move, or are you just kind of that's what you think be, given what the be, numbers being in Chica- Being in Chicago and Nick Foles being on the roster and the Frank Reich connection, that's a, that's a story every day because the Bears want to dump that contract. <laughs> Foles spoke to the media yesterday and spoke quite a bit about Frank Reich, and it, it seems like he wants to be there without actually saying he's going to be there. Um, that's it. I do think they probably end up making a move, whether that's Nick Foles. I think I saw some, some Vegas odds for who the, the week one starter is going to be for the Colts and Jacob Eason wasn't even like on the board. So Vegas seems to go think he's going to, they're, they're going to make a move. I think it's Nick Foles just because of the familiarity, the, the ability to just come right in, know the system. And then they like Foles loves Reich, Reich loves Foles. I think that's probably the move. I, I'm not sure after watching Nick Foles the last couple seasons here, last season here, I'm not sure what he's got left in the tank and he's got a bad back, but I just, I, I don't trust necessarily the Colts with a question mark at quarterback and their best offensive lineman. Maybe that's probably the best player on their team out for maybe three months. Yeah. The Quentin Nelson thing is pretty big. I like what Patrick mentioned without art Smith. We're curious to see what the offense does. Um, that would be my big hang up with the Titans. I mean, can Ryan Tannehill really do this another year? Can Derrick Henry come back after having a couple seasons now with a really big workload? Um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens, but I think you're right. The question marks around the Colts probably make this Titans line. You know, we were again, like you said, talking about minus 130, minus 140 yesterday. So, I mean, minus 110, minus 112, I think that's a pretty nice number. So I think you pushed me in that direction, Matt. Yeah, I, th- I think you hit it on the head there. This isn't as much of an endorsement of the Titans as it is a fade of the rest of the division now that the Colts are hurt. If the Colts are fully healthy, I'm probably taking them in the division, but they're they're hurt. They're not healthy. They have a lot of question marks, and that number is pretty good being right close to even for the Titans who have been in the playoffs the last couple of seasons. And if the division does get messy, I mean, if you watch the Jaguars and are – heartened by their performance the first couple of weeks, I think you'll still have a chance to grab nine to one, something in that range. Yeah. So you can kind of wait on that, grab some Titans now, and we'll see what happens with the Colts. But but I'm with you. There's a lot of optimism, I think, in this number that I don't really understand. But let's get to something really interesting. We don't talk hockey very often on here, Matt, but you're a hockey guy. And we finally have some hockey futures up. You were going mm-hmm. through. You found some value here. Are you ready to break down hockey for the people? I'm ready to break down hockey for the people. Last time I was actually on the show talking hockey, I hit a, a, a nice plus 550 uh, bet in the, the Stanley Cup final. It was a Andre Vasilevsky shutout, to, and that was that he, he shut the Canadians out to win the Stanley Cup. So while I'm struggling in baseball, I'm, you could technically say I'm still on a hot streak in hockey. Uh, I'm going to go through a couple of these numbers I found here. I, one of these numbers you'll probably like, Alex, but uh, the Seattle Kraken to miss the playoffs at, at minus 155. It's only really at that number – because the division is a little bit weaker. It's very top heavy with, you know, Vegas and Edmonton. They'll both be in the playoffs. But after that, it's kind of waiting to see who's going to take a step forward. That said, the expansion draft strategy that Kraken had this year wasn't really like the one Vegas had a few years ago where Vegas was in the process, the the business of trying to win right away because they had a they were the first sports franchise in Vegas. Vegas, you got to be flashy, all that. They they went all in to win right away. Whereas the Kraken right now are kind of valuing cap space a little bit more. They're not necessarily, they would like to obviously, you know, be a competitive team next year, but that's not their immediate concern. They want cap space. They want to load up on assets and be able to take advantage of that in the future. And it showed in the expansion draft, they didn't really go all out and and take the best roster they possibly could have. So I'm going to bank on 
a few teams in that West division, the or Pacific division, excuse me, like the Kings that maybe take a step forward. The Flames are, are better than they were last year and, and jump them, make the playoffs. So I think those would probably be your four. I think the Kraken do miss it. Yeah. Um, go ahead. I like what you said about the, the expansion draft because you think we are getting some value in this number because people are remembering Vegas. Yes. I know when you first mentioned this to me, I kind of made that joke. But I think there's mm-hmm. definitely a possibility that people are thinking back to Vegas and going, well, this team could do it. It's a weak division. That's, but- that's it's what you see a lot of a lot of people on Twitter, you know, people making bets say, well, Vegas just did it. They just went to the cup. The Kraken can do it too. That's because Vegas, they sacrificed assets and cap space to get the best. You know, they went out, they, they did all they could to field the best possible team to win right now. And they're facing some cap issues now because of it. Seattle's going the opposite direction. Seattle, you look at their fan base in every sport, they're selling out arenas. They're, they're one of the most passionate cities, sports cities in America. It's the you know fifth team that they've have the they've had they have the Sonics they have the Seahawks, um, their their soccer team the I can't even remember their name right now um, but they they sell out their stadium Sounders. all the time they're not that's it the Sounders Seattle Seattle's not really the Kraken front office ownership isn't really worried about selling out that stadium at least in year one because they're probably going to have still a pretty good fan base be happy to have those guys there they don't need to win it's not as important apparent that they go out and win right away as it was with Vegas. So that's where I am with that. I think they missed the playoffs. I think it, down the road, they'll take advantage of the cap space. I think Ron Francis is a good general manager. I think they'll be in a good spot eventually. It's just they're going to be more of your typical expansion team that I think struggles out of the gate a little bit. Um, next, I got the Florida Panthers to win the Stanley Cup um, at plus 2,200. They're about the right at the end of that top third to win the Cup in terms of odds. I like that value because they're going back to a little bit easier of a division this year. Last year, they played with with um, Carolina and Tampa up at the top, who were two of the best teams in hockey. Obviously, Tampa was the best team in hockey. Um, Florida hasn't done a ton this offseason. They've stayed a little bit quiet, but they had one of the better teams in the NHL last year. They actually finished ahead of Tampa in the division. And they're going to have some cap space to make some moves to the deadline. Plus, I, I'm, I'm being from Chicago, being a Blackhawks fan, I'm a Joel Quenville guy. I trust him behind the bench with a young, talented team. And they have probably the best player in the NHL that nobody really knows about, uh, Alexander Barkov. He's a Ooh. elite first-line shutdown center. He's, again, not to make a Chicago par- comparison, he's a lot like a young Jonathan Taves. He can go out and give you 80, you know, be a point-per-game guy. He can score a lot, but also come out and be your shutdown center. Um, so I, I like Florida. I like the young talent. And I like their ability to go out and add in the, in the, uh, at the deadline. And the guy you might be familiar with, Alex, Sergei Bobrovsky's in net. He's a little bit inconsistent, but we were talking before the show how you need a hot, talented goalie in the playoffs if you're going to make a run. He is as inconsistent as he is. When he's on, he's as good as anybody. And if you have him making a run in the playoffs, it's at plus 2,200. I like that number. One you'll like here, the Philadelphia Flyers, plus 2,900. Uh, they've, they've made some – this is, we're, again, talking before the show about the goaltender. This is banking on Carter Hart bouncing back and being the Carter Hart of his, you know, his, his first year, not necessarily last year. He was not good last year rookie year he was pretty darn good he's one of the most heralded young goalie prospects in hockey he's supposed to be very good and people were calling him the sounds next all too familiar it's fair enough i know you're probably a little jaded as a flyers fan but they have <laughs> they they have a lot of talent and you know one the lines one through four they went out and added a couple defensemen this year and ryan, ryan ellis and rasmus ristolainen who are going to be a little bit more focused on playing a two-way game whereas their blue line in past years was a lot more offensively focused and I think that's where you saw a little bit of Carter Hart struggles last year because he didn't get a lot of help defensively so at plus 2900 
I like those odds. We're, uh, they're in a very tough division, and I actually think you know whoever comes out of that division is going to be battle hardened come playoff time. It's it's a division with seven teams legitimately that can make the playoffs. So making the playoffs is probably the tough part. But at plus twenty nine hundred, I, I think that's a pretty good number to get them. That they're right around middle of the pack in the NHL. And for how talented, for how high their ceiling is, if everything goes right, I think it's a good number. And this, I think Dan probably thought this was a homer pick when I put it on here. But Patrick Kane to win the Hart Trophy at plus 2,900. He's like number 15 or 20 on that list. Last year, he was right up there with Connor McDavid in the MVP race the entire way until about a month out of the season. He kind of ran out of gas because that Blackhawks team was just so lacking depth and it was pretty much just him and Alex to carrying the offensive load. Patrick Kane has a lot more help offensively in terms, you know, in lines one through four, he's got some more help defensively. He's got, they, they got a better goaltender. He's got a better team around him. And he finally has in the, for the first time in the last couple of years, a, a front office that has gone out and, you know, made a significant effort to make that team a contender in that division again. So I think you'll see a little bit of rejuvenated Patrick Kane, He's as talented offensively as anybody in the NHL. Even at age 33, he's still producing like an elite player. And Jeremy Colleton likes playing him about 22, 23 minutes a game. So he's going to play a whole lot of hockey this year. Uh, if he was, you know, the third, you know, third best odds to, to win the Hart Trophy, like plus 1,000, plus 750, I wouldn't go near it. But with Patrick Kane being the, the 15th or 20th, uh, 20th, 20th best odds to to win it at plus 2,900, I think there's just some insanely good value there. So I don't know if he's going to win it, but I think at that value, that's a ticket you have to take a flyer on. Yeah, I like the way you talk about that last one. You kind of look through the list, and a lot of times that's how I look at the futures market. All right, let's see how they stacked everybody. Does that make sense? Then we'll kind of work mm-hmm. backwards from there. You know, Like you said, it's maybe a little bit of a hunger pick, if we're being honest here, but he should definitely be in the top 10 of that MVP market, which or the Hart Trophy market. It's the same thing. Yeah. So you make a good point there. I like that. Definitely a little value in that number. Yeah, see, and it's not all homer picks. Sometimes they are homer <laughs> picks. I'll, I'll admit that. My White Sox picks here a lot of times are homer picks, but that one was actually a well-thought-out, calculated, good number. I don't know why he's that low pick. I like that. And one of the best parts about tennis, Matt, you can't be accused of being a homer pick, homer pick person. There's not really – I'm not aware of any Philadelphia tennis players. Maybe they're out there. I'm not sure. But we've got three picks for you. Um, these will be early tomorrow morning um, as well as today. We'll be going to Cluj-Napoca. Thank you for Dan, our wonderful producer, for looking up the correct pronunciation of that. Mihaela Buzarnescu will be playing, again, very early tomorrow morning Eastern time. He's been right around 4 or 5 in the morning maybe even a little sooner than that. He's going to be playing Meyer Sharif, a very good player, someone who's put up some nice numbers on clay actually this week. This is one of the last clay tournaments. Sharif has been very good, but at lower levels, um, you know, against higher competition, she hasn't really been quite great yet. Buzarnescu is someone that I think is still a little bit of underrated, coming off a devastating ankle injury that she's still working her way back from, was one of the better clay players, especially in some of these smaller tournaments a few, two seasons ago. And just a lot of value in my mind in this number at minus 105. I have this out to minus 135, almost 140. So minus 105, minus 110, minus 115. Those are all fine numbers to me. Um, think she should be a, a stronger favorite here. Again, against a younger player. She's starting to build some form, has looked good this week. I uh, think she can actually win this tournament. So minus 105 on her. 
We talked about Miss Anna Kanyu um, yesterday. She is playing this afternoon. We got her at minus 130. She looks like she's out to minus 140 some places. I would say minus 140 is still okay. Wouldn't go any deeper than that number, though. Again, another player who sort of working her way back into form after a delay. I think it's someone that we're going to have some value on here for at least a couple of weeks before the market catches up. So happy to grab her at minus 130, minus 140 in a match where I have her minus 160, almost minus 170. And then a smaller play here in Concord. Um, yes, it's a WTA tournament. If you're looking around your book, it might be under WTA Challenger, or WTA 125, something goofy like that. But Renata Zarazua, um, a young player who I generally like to back in North America. She does very well there playing against Su Wei Shea. Shea, one of my favorite players to back. Um, one of the smartest, most clever tennis players you'll see is generally very good at finding errors in people's games and really kind of wedging her way into cracks and taking and taking advantage of things. Zarazu is a pretty solid player. She's fairly consistent. I don't expect Shea to really mess things up that much. And, you know, looking at this number, plus 225, you know, Shea should be the favorite, but I don't know if it really should be this big, I would have zero zoo in this match, probably plus 175, plus 180. So at better than two to one, some value in her there. So three tennis plays for us. The first one will be early tomorrow morning. Um, Zarazua, I believe, starts in about an hour, hour and a half. And then Kanye will be in a couple hours this afternoon in San Jose. Now, Dan, Matt, we got to do some baseball. How are you feeling? You feeling, you feeling okay? Can we put a positive finish on this week? Thank you. I, I, I'm feeling pretty good about these bets. The the, the strikeout and win total, the, which I think you'll see coming up here, the, the, the strikeouts and to win bets have, have been fairly nice to me so far. We hit on that Otani one a couple days ago at plus 250. Uh, Lance Lynn is throwing for the Sox today. That actually starts at 120 Central Time, so just a couple hours here. Uh, he has over five strikeouts. I believe it's five of his last six starts. Uh, the, the Cubs offensively are not that great. And it's a rivalry matchup. I expect Lance Lynn to come out a little bit fired up. Uh, I, I like him to get five strikeouts. I like the White Sox to win. Uh, the, the Cubs, like we were just saying, have sold off. They do have Kyle, Kyle Hendricks on the mound today. He's kind of their – he's their – he's not kind of their ace. He is their ace. He's the, the one remaining good player from that core still there. That said, I think Lance Lynn strikes out a good, good amount of players today. I do think the White Sox come out ready to play and win this one, uh, bounce back from losing two or three against KC. Chris Bassett, uh, five-plus strikeouts against the Rangers. He has, I believe, four of four of his last six starts. He's hit that total. He's pitched really well against the Rangers this year, and the Rangers' offense just isn't really that good, especially with the departure of Joey Gallo. Um, I think the A's win that game. I think he strikes out five-plus. And I'm going to stick with some unders. Uh, I was looking up some pitching matchups here. We mentioned Sox, Cubs, under nine. Uh, you got Lynn versus Hendricks on the mound. You got two absolute aces going at it. The Sox offense has been struggling the last couple weeks. The Cubs offense isn't very good. Um, the risk you do run into is a, a nice sunny afternoon at Wrigley Field. Sometimes the ball tends to fly a little bit more, but I think nine runs is a lot with these two pitchers on the mound and how the Sox have been hitting the ball. Mets Phillies under nine and a half. Uh, Kyle Gibson going for your Phillies. He, he, he's thrown really well since that trade. Marcus Stroman uh, going for the Mets. He's got an ERA like under three. He's been really good this year. Mets offense has also been struggling. So I think nine and a half with those two teams in a tight divisional race, I think that's a lot of runs. And Rangers A's under eight. Um, this is more of a fading the Rangers play because I don't think their offense is very good. I trust Chris Bassett, and I don't think the A's are necessarily going to go out and score seven or eight runs today, though they are going up against The concern is they're going up against Mike Fulton-Avich, who's been really bad his last few starts. 
Um, that said, I'm just I'm kind of banking on the ace to, to keep the Rangers offense in check. So that, that's my parlay there. That's plus 574. I know we said don't chase them, but like don't chase, <laughs> don't chase the odds. But I felt like after my week, I, I at least owed it to, to try one here, take one swing for the fence. So plus 574 on those three unders. Um, I like rolling the dice and I won't feel too bad if I lose that one because it's plus 574. And you won't have to be here Monday to answer for it. So exactly. I like it. Andy will. I like it. And it's what Andy did, honestly, at the end of the Euro. So we'll see how that yeah. goes. Now, is there another way? Let's say, for example, you don't have a sports book. You can't parlay all this stuff together. But you happen to live in a state with a little app called Prize Picks. Is there something we could do maybe with that to help the people try to chase a big number here for some Friday it's, action? It's funny you bring that up because I, I decided this morning, it, it's a prize picks day. I decided to actually go out and put together a little prize picks bet. Um, it, it, my, my entry, you can do over one and a half hits plus walks for players, or you can do fantasy points. I, I don't get, I play fantasy baseball. I'm not necessarily sure how fantasy points are calculated though, because I play in a categories league. So I think over uh, the over hits and walks is just a little bit easier to track for me. Um, Anthony Rizzo, I have going over one and a half. These are all over, but it says they're on the graphic. Anthony Rizzo, I have going over the one and a half. He's been on fire since playing, since coming to the Yankees, and he's, he seems rejuvenated since leaving that Cubs team and, and is in the thick of a pennant race with the Yankees, uh, playing with that short porch out in right field in Yankee Stadium. I, I think he goes over that total. Jose Abreu has home runs in his last couple games, and he's historically played pretty well in these Cubs series, especially last year at Wrigley. He was uh, fantastic in the middle of that MVP run. Uh, Nick Castellanos has been great all year. Why not roll the dice against the Pirates with him? I believe they're at home as well, so hitters ballpark. And Nelson Cruz, I think Tampa is playing Baltimore, so he's going up against a lefty, and John Means is on the mound, so you got a righty-lefty matchup, and Nelson Cruz is, is uh, bring it back to the White Sox here. He's, he's absolutely killed my team. I've seen him absolutely kill us the last couple of years, so over one and a half bases, I, I think he probably gets that. I decided to opt for the win three out of four. I went low risk here because if you win three out of four, you make um, one and a half times your money. And if all four hit, you, you win five times your money. Uh, you can also go and try and go and go for the home run, hit four out of four, where you actually make 10x your, your, your dollar value. So that's a, that's a way to go to. I just went a little conservative today, though, with mine with the, with the three out of four. If you aren't familiar with Prize Picks, they are a new partner of the show. We have an opportunity for you to sign up. They're available in almost every state. And if you don't live in a state where it's available, you probably live close to one where there is. Also available in Canada. If you use the code BBB or follow any of the links that you can find on the YouTube channel, on our Twitter, anywhere there, um, you get a 100% instant deposit bonus up to $100. So put 100 in, turns immediately into $200. Again, you can take anywhere from two to five players here into your entry went up to 10 times what you actually put in there. So a great way for you to put together some players. Again, like Matt mentioned, you could do fantasy points. They also have stats and things. Great way to put together some fun wagers. That's right. There are some few futures. I didn't actually. You do some NFL futures. You can do Patrick Mahomes yards. You can do some, you know, rushing touchdowns, whatever you want, even like future fantasy points. I was looking, I think it was like Patrick Mahomes over 400 total fantasy points for the year. There's, There's a lot of fun stuff you can play around with on prize picks. I love that. That's all great stuff. So check that out. Make sure you sign up. Make sure you use our promo code. And while you're at it, sign up for WinBet. Up to $500 risk-free bet. Could have used that on that 8-1 to one field bet yesterday. What's what's $500 times 8? Action. I don't really know, but that's pretty good. 8 times 540. It's $4,000. That's $4,000. You could have quite a bit of fun with that. You lost it. 
say not on us. Matt we tried to tell you. Business. <laughs> Thanks everybody for watching this week. Thank you, Matt. You were fantastic this week. We look forward to having you back. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at mrooney23. Make sure you send him a picture of your first win bet bet. He'll make sure he gets you a Yeti or something fun if they run out of Yetis. I've got Matt on the hook. We'll figure something out. Make sure everybody, you give us a like, you give us a rating, a review. And he's coming back on Monday. He would love to come back to a bunch of those. So thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday.